The Joy Unleashed show empowers and inspires women to reclaim their joy. We provide tools, resources, and connections to help you unlock your true potential through engaging conversations, expert insights, and transformative stories. We create a vibrant and inclusive community where women can break free from the limitations that hold them back. I'm joyologist Colleen Greco, and it is my honor to be your host. Let's get right into the show. If you feel like you're stuck, if you feel like you don't quite know your purpose, or maybe you know it, but you just can't find the path toward it. If you're uncomfortable in your own skin and want to finally master self-love, then we need to talk. I'm Colleen Greco, and I'm your joyologist. I help women just like you to reclaim the joy they feel is missing in their life through mindset coaching and nutrition coaching. Whether you have weight to lose or simply need to get your gut in check, I've got you. We'll work together to retire limiting beliefs. Those are the stories that are keeping you from your purpose. I need you to hear me. Those are the stories that we need to get rid of in order to get you on your path to your purpose. We will work together to get you that life you've always dreamed of. It would be my honor to connect with you. Reach out to me via Instagram at the Colleen Greco or email Colleen at ColleenGreco.com. Let's get you back to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Joy Unleashed. I am your joyologist and host of the show, Colleen Greco. And today I am thrilled. You guys, you're in for such a treat. Molly Lowe is a business coach. She is a friend, dare I say, um, but she is just going to light this show up and she's super entertaining. Her energy is infectious. So um, maybe some of that will rub off on me personally. I'm not so sure. So without further ado, let's welcome Molly to the stage. No pressure, girl. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Of course we're friends. Come on, girl. Like, Let's be real. We are friends. Yes. But imagine if you were feeling yucky today. I was like, she's amazing. She has awesome energy. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. No, I always come with energy. You know that. I think that's just a part of who I am authentically. It's just so natural for me, especially doing things that I love. I mean, when we want to talk about joy, this energizes me. And it's so fun. So, yeah. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. Well, so, okay, I'll, I'll give you a little softball. What or how do you define joy? Mm. Tell, me, tell me what joy means to you. You know, it's so interesting because I was reading, I finished a book and it talked about how happiness is almost like not attainable, if you will. Like the mm -hmm. definition of happiness Typically, people tie it back to a specific result or something external, right? And whereas joy is almost like an inner peace. It's a part of your being. It's not tied to any anything external, right? And at one point, I know you and I've chatted about this a handful of times, um, chatted about like joy for me. Now, I am an overachiever to a T. That's just who no. I am. Yeah, no. Total workaholic. I love building and creating. And so a lot of my journey has been how do I cut the strings of the attachment 
to external results and using that as a way to find my joy. And so now I'm finally at that point in my journey where I'm just like, yeah, nope. The joy is a sense of being. Joy mm -hmm. is a decision to simply say I am at peace with where I am, regardless of the external res results that I have or have not yet created. So that was a very yes. like complex answer, my friend, but that's joy for me. It's so true though. And I, I love that you said all that. So I've had some words thrown at me like toxic positivity, mm -hmm. which I don't subscribe to, uh, but I can understand how people think that, you know, as a joyologist, like, oh, you just live in a bubble full of sunshine and rainbows. No, I don't. Nope. I have all the same problems as everybody else. Maybe a couple extra. I'm not so sure, but it's a choice to see the great in every single day. It's the choice to, you know, right now, uh, this morning it was 25 degrees outside. Did I want to be walking my dogs at 25 degrees? 100% no. Nope. Actually did consider making up an illness so that my husband could do it on his own. But <laughs> but they bring me joy and their curiosity and their cuteness and, you know, seeing the sunrise and all those things are great things. So I can focus on that or I can focus on the fact that it's freezing outside. Which do I prefer? Both are true, right? So I think sometimes when people talk about toxic positivity, they think, you know, you're living in an alternative reality and it's not, it's just a choice of like where my attention goes and where my focus goes. Absolutely. What I heard you say, which really resonates with how I align with joy, is that it's the responsiveness to the situation, right? You get to decide how you're going to respond to that mm -hmm. 100%. And that goes back to that sense of inner peace that I talk about, right? And there is the second component of this is, of course, how you respond to the situation. But I think a, a huge piece of this is just knowing that when you choose joy, the hard, number one, you can do hard things. Number two, the hard isn't always there forever. It's, yeah. it's you, right? Yeah, really grappling with, you know, yep, it kind of, it's not a really hot situation for me right now. And I'm not going to be here forever. It's, it's going to pass. And so when you set in that positive intention and when you, when you can choose how you respond to a situation, joy comes so much more organically than yes. forcing it. Well, and it's interesting, you know, you brought up um, challenging times. When you're faced with a challenge, and and you can feel free to disagree. This is this is like a, a safe place, right? But when you're faced with challenging times, that's where your greatest lessons come from. Absolutely. And and so why why look at that as a negative? It's easy to look at the situation as difficult. And and of course we all you know want to live on some remote island somewhere where it never rains and there's endless amounts of food and everything has zero calories. But the reality is that's not where we live. And so we are going to have, you know, struggles and strifes, but that's where your greatest growth comes from. 100%.
I was waiting for you to say something that I totally was going to be like, yeah, no, Colleen, I don't agree with you, but I, I totally agree with it. And it is, there's, you know, I think that joy isn't something that you have to experience at the front end. I think joy is something that, again, you can choose to experience. It's okay for you to be like, yeah, this sucks. I don't like how I'm feeling right now. Yep. And then joy is going to come when it comes. And sometimes it's towards the tail end, as you mentioned, of an experience, of a lesson, of a failure, of something that's not so great that's happening to you. It kind of, it kind of is so beautiful that way. I would love for you to spend a minute if you're open to it. Don't you love how I tee it up so you kind of can't say no? <laughs> no, you can say no. Uh, to to just, you know, give us an idea of your journey. You know, you spent quite a long time or a few minutes, right, in uh, in corporate and you made the switch to entrepreneurship. I'm interested in what that journey looked like. And I think, you know, for our audience, it's all about breaking free from societal norms and, and getting women to um, take that leap without having to ask for permission, following your heart, following your your purpose, your passion. So can you kind of walk us through what that journey um, maybe looked like and felt like? Absolutely. So bear with me. My story is a little long-winded, just naturally because of who I am, but also I want to give you some context. So yeah. yeah, obviously you can tell, you can see, and for those of you who are listening, um, I am Hmong American. I am a woman of color. And I grew up in a home where academic excellence was the top priority. So much so that the only two careers that was ever discussed or shared or was um, was ever applauded as like, you got to pick one of these two paths was being a doctor or being a lawyer. And so um, my, I remember graduating high school and all of my friends were having high school graduation parties. I came to my dad, just really scared, really timid. He was reading his newspaper and I said, daddy, and he could just kind of like raise down his newspaper just enough for me to see his eyes, right? And he gave me that look like, yes. And I said, you know, can I have a graduation party? All of my friends are having one. I think it'd be fun to celebrate. He put down his newspaper. He folded it very gently. He gave me the like, the, the the 15 minutes of like just dead silence. You're like, did I say something wrong? <laughs> What's going on? He actually folded his hands in his lap and he said, in this home, we don't celebrate requirements. <gasps> we don't celebrate the things that you must do. And so I share this story because it sets the tone of how my childhood has been built on the external results and the milestones of achievement first. That was what I identified as joy and happiness and worthiness. Yeah. And so, you know, of course, took that through um, my my adulthood, quickly found out that being a doctor or a lawyer was not going to cut it for me. And I thought, okay, what's the closest thing to law? HR. Yeah. Yeah. How in the world I came up with that? I don't know. It just was. And so I took it and I ran with it. And so I built my corporate career of 
20 years in corporate, um, specifically in leadership in, H in, in, in HR, um, talent acquisition, talent management, learning and development, training, all that good stuff. And um, again, was really focused on attaining goals, climbing the ladder, making six figures, doing all the things. Um, so much so that I was the youngest director at a nonprofit organization that I worked at. So I earned my directorship and the youngest one. Um, and I got to a point where I was like, if I just made six figures, I'd be happy. And then I went on to hit that. I was like, well, nah, maybe if I worked with female leadership, then that would make me happy. So I found myself the head of the HR department reporting directly to the co-president who was female of a tech company. And I thought, okay, when I, I checked off all the boxes, joy, here we are. Yes, I did all the things. And I'm ready. <laughs> yes, yay. And it was so underwhelming. It was not what I was expected. I don't know what I was expected, but I, I, I what I was expecting, I, I was hoping that it was more glamorous than that. So fast forward to my entrepreneurial journey and um, decided to just kind of like, yeah, let's do this coaching thing. Let's just kind of, you know, spark this little entrepreneurial flame a little bit bigger. And it was Valentine's Day. And I will never forget. This was the the moment that I, I call it my my um, I quit anniversary every year around Valentine's Day. So Valentine's Day at our house uh, weighs a little bit heavier than Mother's Day um, for me. I get all of the love from my three kids and my husband, all that good stuff. And I was just thinking to myself, like, dang, everybody loves me. But I don't necessarily love myself to the way that I would want it to be. And I asked myself this question. I said, what would change in my life for me to be joyful and to, to truly feel a sense of love? Self-love. Immediately, I was like, I would not be in this corporate career. I'm telling you that right now. You've been side hustling, your coaching program. You would do this full time. That's what you would do. You would go all in and bet on yourself. And so that year, Valentine's Day fell on a Sunday. I had my one-on-one -on -one with my senior VP on Tuesday, the following Tuesday. And I gave her my resignation two days later. And I was like, yeah, you know, and you, you mentioned even Colleen, you said, you know, without having to justify or defend or, you know, or explain yourself. And, um, I didn't, I was just like, here you go. Here is my notice. And she was like, wait, I'm like, it really did come out of left field for her. So I don't blame her for that. But at the same time, it was the bravest decision I've ever made. And wow. Yeah. And it and it felt so good. It was that one time in my life where I was like, I'm doing this for me. This is for me. It's for nobody else. Because quite frankly, as a first generation entrepreneur, nobody understood it. My siblings didn't understand why I was doing this. My husband didn't understand why I was doing this. My parents sure as heck didn't understand why I was doing this. Colleagues, mentors, you know, team members, you name it, there was not one person in my circle, in my sphere that understood why. And it didn't matter at that point. I didn't have to explain to them why at all.
because I was doing this for me because I was worthy of it. I was deserving of it. And I wanted a sense of fulfillment and to truly make a greater impact. And that to me at that time was joy and continues to be the guiding light. That was, that's, so that's why I said it's a long-winded story, y'all, but that's that. No, it's amazing though. And that's the thing is we don't need permission to make these changes when you follow your heart and you know that you are in the wrong space or career or company or whatever the situation is, all you have to know is this isn't right. And there's more out there for me or something else out there for me. And I had a similar situation where I was at the end of my weight loss journey and decided that I could do a better job than the coach that I had because he wasn't interested in getting into the, you know, emotional components of why people are overweight to begin with. Just the emotions. The food is like the trigger. <laughs> the emotions are are really what what, you know, causes us to self-soothe. And so I just started doing it on the side. Just a little side hustle just kept me inspired while I was slowly dying. Um, emotionally in my career, which my career was going fine. I did that for a while and thankfully got laid off, which also gave me the financial independence that I didn't want or need, but sure, I'll take. The mistake, not mistake, I shouldn't say that. It, everything happens the way it's absolutely supposed to. But I knew going back into corporate was the wrong decision. My old boss called me, not the one that laid me off, but the company before, and he was a mentor of mine. And he's like, I need you for this, pro, you know, to develop out this function for the business. So, you know, that's kind of an ego boost, right? And so you're like, he needs me. I should go and I can do this work in my sleep. I know this industry so well. And the company was poising themselves uh, for IPO. And so there's a financial indicator here too, where I could make some, you know, life-changing money had I stuck around the whole four years, but <laughs> I did it. I did it for two years. It was the most miserable two years of my life. I scaled back on my business and did it still like as a side hustle, which felt awful. And I hated how little I could give my clients. And I hated how I showed up at work. I, I knew every time I was on a call, I was not being my authentic self. Then my boss gets fired. A new boss comes in and that was it. She did not like me from the beginning. Uh, she, I hope she listens to this because I actually have to thank her. Uh, that her impression of my performance was so myopic and so what's the word? Um, I can't think of, uh, like micromanagey that it showed me this is not where I belong. I am a big picture person. I moved mountains in that company. She focused on the tiniest little things. And when I got that performance review and it was so, it was the only one in my entire career that was any part, any bit of an, of a negative performance review, I quit right on the spot. I was like, we're good. I'm going to go do what I know I am called to do. And it was scary, but I really want to impress upon those listening and watching. It's worse to feel like you're dead while you're actually still living. And being in the wrong place and in the wrong situation 
is more damaging to your health and your mental health than the, you know, the, the fear that you might have jumping into something new. Wouldn't you agree? hundred percent. I mean, gosh, everything you said, just, I'm like shaking my head. So like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like bouncing in my seat. Yeah. I know. Because <laughs> absolutely. And you know, what's so interesting about this whole thing too, is that one thing I've found is God in the universe. Sometimes you don't listen. You don't stay quiet enough to hear what they want for you. And they try really hard. They don't, they have no malintent to put you through the bad or the, you know, the, the, um, the negative experiences. But if they're trying to get to you and you're not listening and you're not giving yourself time to stay calm and give yourself silence and enough time to really tap into what they're trying to tell you, they're going to make your external circumstances unbearable for you. So you start to listen. Yeah. That is what. Right? That's when you're like, wait a minute. Okay, something's off. And that is how they get through to you. And yeah. so this, yeah, full circle to what I was mentioning before about how joy comes up on the tail end of experiences. Because to your point, if you didn't go through that, if you didn't have a micromanager, you know, manager, leader who's sitting here having this conversation how 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 else would that be a way for you to have known that there there, there would have been no way for you to have been like yeah, yeah it's deuce my time is done i will see y'all later bye i was like you and your corporateness i'll i'll see you on the other side call me if you ever need nutrition coaching <laughs> exactly right i'm gonna be on this side I know. Well, I'm sitting here like picturing you as either a lawyer or a doctor. And part of me is like, what would that operating room be like? Like there would be music playing, no doubt. But how much work would get done? Because I feel like you'd be like the chief entertainer. I would be though. Yes. Seriously. I'd probably just, I mean, I could probably see myself in the surgery room being a viral TikTok video or something because all I'm doing is dancing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so for. She muted herself. So now the punchline is slowly dying. Be back. Yeah. Sorry. I had to almost go into a cough spell and I was like, pause. <laughs> That's okay. I'll fill the space. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I, it's crazy to think of it like that, but. I, I, everything happens really seriously happens for a reason. And now I know why. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing because in retrospect, you know, I'm always asked, what's one of the things you would say to your younger self? So I'm going to turn that question on to you because obviously you wouldn't change and couldn't change anything, let's face it. But I actually do believe excuse me, in my life that I wouldn't change anything because I can see what each of those experiences contributed to who I am today. But is there something that you would say to your younger self um, now that you have maybe kinder eyes or more compassionate eyes or definitely more wisdom in those eyes? 
you know, I think about this more more often than I'd like to admit and more often than I'd like to to discuss. And I think maybe I just need to express it a little bit more, right? Because there's so much that I could say. And I think part of the reason why, not I think, I know, part of the reason why I struggle with this is because I am somebody, I don't do well living in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And so like a part of me, to your point, I'm I'm this type of person where I'm like, okay, onward, where, where am I today? And even tomorrow isn't promised. So why live in so much of the future? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, with that being said, I think I'm going to, I'm going to totally throw it and, you know, throw in some um, millennial trivia culture stuff here. If I, if I found the DeLorean on the side of the road and I were to punch in some dates doo, 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 and go back in time, that's a back to the future reference for those. Yeah. Yep. Go on. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think I would go back and I would actually say, you know, you are so much stronger and so much braver than you give yourself credit for. And more importantly, your voice, your polarizing opinions and perspective matters and don't don't tune down don't don't tune it down because it's your voice that actually is going to help you stand apart mm-hmm. you know and i share this because again in my culture i am i'm a daughter i'm supposed to be quiet um, I'm supposed to be submissive. I'm supposed to not talk too much. My voice should be soft and gentle. Y'all, if you're if you're tuning in this long, you know, you know I'm nothing like that. And I think that's what I would tell her. I would go back and just say, you know, your voice is your power. Mm-hmm. That hearty, deep laugh that you have, minus the coughing spell. Um, is what makes you you. Yes. And people are going to be so attracted to your confidence because you exude that authentically. And so just own it already. Like, why are you continuing to suppress this? That's just who you are. That's what I would say. Oh, I think that's such an awesome answer. I think for me, I would, uh, not that anybody's asking, but I'll just, I'll share. Like, I think first of all, there was a time where I forgot how to have fun. And I was, I mean, I, I will always be a workaholic, but for myself, for the right reasons, for my family, not for the approval or recognition from others. I did get lost in that. And that is a shame. And I do think that is now such a priority that I do it for myself that I'm glad I went through that and saw that, you know, I would be replaced in two seconds. I used to have the attitude, there's no one dumb enough to take my job, right? Because my job, my job was always so complicated because of its nature that I'm like, nobody wants this. Nobody wants to work as hard as I'm working. They'd be crazy. You'd have to pay them twice as much. But I do think, you know, it's it's knowing who you are and 
loving who you are and you talk about self-love. I mean, that's, that's core to everything I teach. Um, I now do it for myself and my family. And then there are days where I say, I don't want to work that hard. And so I don't. And I love that. And I get to make that choice. Oh, so true. That sense of empowerment, right? Um, just the other day, I was thinking to myself, I was like, wow, earning money in my business is so much more fulfilling than showing up to work every day, being in this routine of complacency and just feeling like a gerbil mm -hmm. running around, right? Yes. It's so different when you know you're like, I, I did that. I did that. And yeah, you, you did that. Yes, I did. I did that. <laughs> you know, it's, yes. it's so different. And in, in all of the good ways. And, and, you know, you said something which is, which really prompted me to think about this too. The ability to, when you want to talk about the true definition of work smarter, not harder, when you figure that out as an entrepreneur, right, where you're like me working four hours and understanding how to maximize those four hours in my day to be truly effective and efficient is not like you having to sit in an office for eight hours because you have to, because that yeah. was what is put on your offer letter, because that's what's expected of you to do that, right? right. Yeah. And it's 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 a totally different um, ownership of your time freedom, how you want to show up with your time, what you want to do with your time. And yeah, like when the people who get it, get it. You, you'll know what I mean when you get there. You're like, yeah, I'm not going to do that today. And you're so much like for me, I'm a mom of three. Today was early release for my kids. I do all of the drop-offs and the pickups and there is no guilt. There is no shame in being a mom. Like yeah. I block my calendar. I'm doing drop off. I'm doing pickup. I can pick up my kids in the middle of the day for a half day with no having to prove or ask for permission from anybody. Or hiding. Oh you my know, God. Yeah. I can remember one time having my laptop. This is, this is kind of before, you know, our phones were personal hotspots and I would have to, um, I must have had a wireless card or something. But I remember being on a WebEx back in the day because I worked at Cisco. My boss was IMing me. So I have this all set up in the passenger seat as I'm driving on the highway because it was so ingrained for so long that I, I would have to sneak these things in and always be on the, the call or the meeting or whatever. There was a time when I hid the fact that I had kids because that wasn't acceptable, you know, and you'd never get ahead if you were a working mom. I mean, just the, the amount of shame. And so to, to now be in this place of I get to say and I get to do or don't do is just like amazing. So I'm glad you brought that up. Come yeah. a long way, baby. I know, right? It's that like move the mouse to keep your teams green, like your team's yeah. green. <laughs> no, thank you. All set. <laughs> You guys can keep that. No, don't ask. I'd rather that. watch some puppy videos on Instagram. <laughs> I know, right? I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. Thank you. We're good. Hey, I have, okay, my, my other favorite question that I think, you know, the audience really wants to know because, 
you know, one of the things that I impress upon people is making sure you have a daily practice that sets you up for success and makes you feel really round, uh, grounded and firmly rooted in joy. So for you, what does that daily practice entail? Because people might be putting their ideas together and I like to, you know, kind of get different ideas from different people. So oh, if you yeah. would share, that would be amazing. Absolutely. So because my brain is running on a hundred miles per hour all the time and I am a doer y'all. I do and do and do. And when I want to do, but I'm stuck on the what I need to do. Many people have heard the, um, the, what do you call it? The saying that emotions are literally, it's just energy in motion. And so anytime I'm feeling stuck, anytime I'm feeling like, okay, what is going on? I'm getting really frustrated. I have to move. I have to move my body. So even if it's just getting up and walking outside around the block for two minutes, I start to see and feel clarity because my brain, right? You're giving your body the physical ability to work off that emotion, that mm-hmm. frustration, the stuckness, the like, why, why am I in my head moment? Those have been some of the most amazing moments of creativity for me and problem solving because I am doing, I'm literally walking. So even if you, you know, like right now it's to your point, I'm here, I'm located here in greater Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It is winter here, y'all. We are <laughs> a whopping 24 degrees today. And so even if I don't go outside, it is me getting up, walking, dancing down the hall, singing to myself. Yes, I'm going to keep on moving. Because why? I know that this emotion in here just needs to be exerted out as energy yes. in some physical way. And so those are the moments where I don't know, I don't know how you guys are, but it's it's usually when I'm cooking or literally doing something, I'm like, ding, light bulb moment. That's a, oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. Jot it down. Where's my phone? It's in those moments that those little golden nuggets of inspiration and creativity come about. Not surprising at all. So for me, joy means, and how I do that on a daily is literally moving my body. Getting up doesn't have to be a run it, it, on, on those nice days. Absolutely. Just go for a walk, dance yeah. in the hall, sing around, do whatever, move your body. That's what I do daily. I love it. For me, it's definitely journaling. Definitely getting either just the stuff that's in my head down on paper. So it doesn't have to be in my head anymore or things that I maybe want to work on. Um, or things that have been troubling me and I need to, you know, remove a limiting belief. Meditation to just firmly ground myself and always physical fitness. Because to your point, when you work out, you're creating fresh, rich red blood cells that shoot straight to the brain, produce serotonin. That makes you feel good. Like, okay, let's do that. And so I try to get that done. I get up, you know, at four something in the morning every single day because no one else is awake. No one needs me. I have no excuse. You know, I can't say, oh, look at, you know, one of the kids, I'll just make them breakfast. I'll just push off my workout. No, because if I don't get it done, then I won't work out at all that day. So I love that you share that. Um, And, you know, I, I think everybody should have some sort of daily practice that they can count on to just 
have that sense of like what home base looks like. So thank you for sharing. Absolutely. I am going to share your special offer for everyone today. It is a free clarity call and I'm going to put all this information in the notes. So don't worry about um, writing down all those, uh, all that information now. But as we bring the show to a wrap, Molly, anything that you want to leave our amazing audience with today? You know, that's a, that's, well, first off, thank you so much for the opportunity. I so, I have so much deep respect and just like, it's such an honor to be a part of your, your platform and your community. As somebody who very much protects my community, when you start to bring people that you align with, you're very protective of your space because you want to align with the people that speak to you and your audience. So in your community. So first off, thank you on that. And yes, the, the, what I will what share here is, you know, what's what the beauty of this whole conversation is and and what I think, Colleen, you do such a beautiful job on. For me, I'm going to be complete straight shooter, shooter for y'all, okay? I am 80% strategy, okay? I am the strategic thinker. I am like, I am more CEO than I am coach. If you had to make me pick one, I'm going to be like, I am the best CEO. I'm a really great coach, but I am a better CEO, y'all, okay? Colleen, your ability to help me to just reground again on just how much I've been able to reflect on my own joy journey and uh, my story is is not something that I again I I struggle to reflect back on that. So I just want to thank you for allowing me to to pause and be like, yeah, you know what? Let's let's go there. Let's talk to my younger self. Um, because yeah, I, I just I just don't do that very often. So I really appreciate yeah. it. She deserves all the celebrate all of the celebratory moments, definitely. And present day Molly does too, because you're amazing. So I'm so thankful for you being on the show today and um just adore you, just think the world of you. So we'll make sure we put all of your information in the show notes. Thank you, thank you. And that was another episode of Joy Unleashed. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. Thank you for tuning in to Joy Unleashed. As always, it's my honor to be your host and joyologist, Colleen Greco. Follow me at the Colleen Greco on Instagram for daily motivation and inspiration. And don't forget to leave my show a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, sisters.